God is good. He's just been faithful, and um, I just rejoice. And uh, the Lord said, let us rejoice and be glad in him. Let us be glad in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot to, you know, rejoice and to be thankful to the Lord for a lot. And hallelujah. Um, I just want to share a little bit before, you know, the message that I, the Lord's laid on my heart. And um, just about our books, some of you that might not know, um, uh, my husband and I, we started taking Bibles into Russia under communism in late 60s, early 70s, and 80s, you know, and um, out until communism you know, fell, and then, then the Bibles were able to be, you know, printed, so we continued to buy the Bibles and, you know, distribute them freely, you know, and um, so anyway, and the Lord's allowed us to just experience a lot of his goodness and miracles, and, and so we wrote um, three books, and, um, uh, you know, there was a time just after my mom <clears throat> passed away, and I was just grieving very, very, <clears throat> quite a bit, and we were ministering in Mexico. And I remember while we were ministering in Mexico, um, I was, you know, uh, I, I was ministering to these late, to the ladies' conference. And after the meeting, you know, I was praying for the different ladies. And, and I'll never forget. And it was a time that I was still, you know, just grieving over losing my, my precious mother, you know, and um, just a prayer warrior, a supporter, you know, for the ministry. When we were taking Bibles into Russia, dad and mom, they would take care of our little ones, you know, and um, uh, they, and God would speak through them so often, things that would happen or things that were happening. And um, even a time when we were arrested, the Lord spoke to her, and, you know, to them and said, um, your daughter and your, you know, son-in-law are under captivity but you will see the deliverance of the almighty god in their lives and and they were watching four of our children you know i mean and um and so anyway uh it, we were sentenced to 10 years in prison but during that time because of prayer because of god's faithfulness he set us free and because of prayer warriors you know um thank you so much i that, that way i don't have to stoop so low <laughs> but anyway the humble God, God lies. <laughs> but anyway, so um, it was during that time of just, you know, uh, being in, you know, pain and, uh, you know, about losing my mom, my precious dear mom. And, and I thought, God, I've lost the biggest, you know, prayer warrior in my life, you know, and um, the, I mean, and, uh, the, you know, other saints you're, like yourself, you've been, you know, prayer warriors and supporters for so many years. But my mother was just, I mean, uh, this was flesh and blood and not only, you know, flesh and blood, you know, but um, a spiritual hero to me. And so while we were, you know, I was, um, I finished praying for all the ladies and I'll never forget these, I sat down on the, you know, on the chair and I was just exhausted already because I had prayed for quite some time. And all of a sudden, as I was sitting there, the, these ladies came and they picked me up. And I mean, literally picked me up and they carried me onto, and there was a, a, a big, you know, stair, you know, thing. And I thought, what are they going to do with me? <laughs> you know, I thought, okay. And so, and they began to pray over me. And I'll never forget, as they were praying over me, each lady kept saying, I'm going to be your mama. I'm going to be a spiritual mama and, 
and be that intercessor that, you know, that you have lost. I'm going to be that, you know, spiritual mama for you. And they were just weeping and weeping. And, and one after another after another, there were 10 different ladies. And each, you know, um, took their turn. And finally, the last lady, she was praying over me. And as she was praying over me, she was just weeping and the tears just flowing down, you know, onto my face. And, and, I, and she was praying in the Russian language. And I just wanted to open my eyes and see who this lady was that was, you know, praying in the Russian language. And the Holy Spirit was speaking, you know, and she was saying, write the books, write the books. Time is short and you need to declare and write the goodness of God that has been, you know, in your lives. And, um, and I tried to open my eyes <coughs> and it was the time when I tried to open my eyes. It was like God had shut them and I couldn't get them open. Excuse me. And I thought, this is strange that I can't open my eyes. And I myself, the tears were flowing down my own cheeks, you know. And I thought, well, God, I don't understand. Maybe you just don't want me to see who this person is that, you know, is praying over you. And so she just continued on speaking in the Russian, praying in the Russian language. And finally she finished and when she finished, you know, um, she had left and, um, and I just, you know, finished praying there too. And, and I asked Maru, our interpreter, my, you know, precious interpreter. And I said, Maru, who was the last lady that prayed for me? And she said, I said, and I said to her, I said, she was praying in the Russian language. So can you lead me to this Russian person? And she just kind of looked at me and she said, but I'll lead you to this person. And as she leads me to this woman, and so I said to her, Slava Bohu, we have it Peruski, you know, I said, Praise the Lord, you speak Russian? And she goes, No, no, Espanol, uh, only Espanol, you know. And I said, But you were praying in the Russian language. And she said, No, she goes, I only speak Spanish, only Spanish, you know. And so I thought, Wow, God, you know, and so it was just, and it was during that time. As the ladies were praying over me, God did a healing, a deep healing where, you know, there were those, you know, that pain, that grief. God just took that pain away. And he just did such a miraculous healing in my, you know, emotions, in my, in my heart, a broken, broken heart. He did a healing. He did the same when after Richard passed away, a healing that God did in his time, you know. And so anyway, um, so shortly after that, Richard and I, we came home from ministry in Mexico. And Richard said, honey, we've got to write those books. I told him what had happened. And so we wrote three books. The first one we wrote was Tears of Triumph, and that was just, you know, sharing the various experiences, you know, that God allowed us while taking not only Bibles into Russia, but he also shares how God led his family, you know, out of Nazi Germany, and the many, many miracles that took place. 
And then we wrote the book, and my mom and dad they began to share how the leading of the Holy by the leading of the Holy Spirit, how God led you know several thousand of the Russian Christians out of southern you know Russia or Ukraine at that time into northern Russia and then out into China, and so as they were sharing that on audio cassettes, I mean this is going back years. I mean we don't have cassettes anymore, but they you know um, they recorded recorded on these audio cassettes and my mother she goes daughter you've got to write you've got to write this for maybe just even your children so that you know for the generations to so they would know about the goodness of the lord they would know about the faithfulness of the lord and so we wrote that book fire by night and um the beginning chapter is my own you know personal experience of um you know uh, you know, confronting a German shepherd dog that God, you know, shut the mouth. And anyway, God sent an angel that delivered me. And so anyway, if you want to hear the rest, just take one of those. And, um, you know, and then the last one that he, we did, or he did, this one he did. Um, those two, we both, you know, were together on that. But this one is communist comedy relief, and it's just kind of a humorous one. And um, so anyway, three of those are for $25 donation or, or else the $10 each. And um, uh, most of the proceeds go towards we still purchase Bibles in Russia, in Ukraine, and deliver it to, you know, the remote, remote villages. So anyway, so much for, like Richard would say, so much for infomercials. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, what a mighty God we serve. You know, there's, there's just nothing, nothing too hard for him. Sometimes we think, um, you know, the things that we see around us, you know, just sometimes overwhelm us, overwhelm us. But, but yet God says, you know, um, don't be in anguish. Don't be in, you know, um, uh, in fear. Don't be, you know, you know um, don't have anguish take a hold of you when you see things happen around you. And so he said, you know, God, let the peace of God rule your heart. And the song that we sang, especially the last one, you know, um, uh, let the presence of the Holy Spirit, let it come down and the glory of God. And that's my message today. God's glory revealed in you. God's glory, let it come down in Reading out of Exodus, <coughs> Exodus chapter, um, oh, let's see, oh, 33, there we go. Exodus chapter 33, and I'm going to read, um, there's going to be quite a few verses here because they just all seem to, they tie together with the message that the, you know, the Lord has on my heart. Uh, chapter 33, and then verse, um, read in verse um, 10, 11, 13, 15, 16, and then going down, you know, down that, to, to the end of that chapter. All the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Verse 13, now therefore I pray, if I have found grace, and this is Moses 
speaking and praying to God. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight and consider that the nation's nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us, so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Then he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. And you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Heavenly Father, I just ask you right now. Let your presence come down in a mighty way, let each individual here feel your presence, feel your power, feel the Holy Spirit brooding and ministering. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to saturate us with your word, saturate us with your presence, saturate us, God. Let your glory come in the midst of your people. Jesus, I just ask that you would just captivate our heart. You would captivate our mind. Let our focus not be on things that might have, you know, uh, surrounded us. But Father God, I ask that our mind, our thoughts, let our focus be on Christ. Let the meditation be upon you, Jesus. And Father God, I just ask that you would allow your word to come forth with your fire. And let your word come forth alive. Let it be alive to each heart that hears it. And Jesus, I just ask that you would just minister to every heart that is here. Father God, you know every need. And I ask that the ministry of the Holy Spirit would speak by your power, speak by your spirit. And Father God, I just ask for the anointing of your power, for the anointing of your spirit, for your oil of ointment to flow through this vessel and allow me to speak what you want me to speak. And Father God, that your name alone would be glorified, your name alone would be exalted, that you alone are worthy of all praises and glory and dominion. And Father God, I just ask that you would have your way in the midst of your people, in the midst of your congregation. Have your way in Jesus' precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Moses would go, you know, into the tabernacle. And as Moses would go, come into this tabernacle, you know, here the pillar of, you know, cloud would come and descend. And God, 
God's presence, you know, God's presence um, is, uh, would be overwhelming. It would be so powerful, so mighty that, you know, the children of Israel, they could not stand to be in such the presence of the Almighty God. So they, it says, they stood at their own tent door and they saw they saw the pillar of cloud. They saw, you know, that this was God's glory coming and descending and speaking to Moses, speaking to, and, and Joshua was there too, you know, and ministering. And here Moses was, you know, would talk to God. And as Moses talked, it says he talked to God like face to face. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, quite something. And here Moses is saying, you know, show me your way. Show me your way. Well, God had just shown them. God just showed the way. He just led them out of, you know, Egypt. He just led them out of and showed them, you know, miraculous intervention. He just showed miracle after miracle after miracle. And yet here, you know, as he's talking to God, he's saying, God, show me your way. And the main thing is, let, you know, let your presence, he says, let your presence not depart from us, but let your pre presence go with us. Because if your presence doesn't go with us, then, you know, we won't be that separate nation, but you have called us to be a separate people. You have called us to be a separate people. Friend, God has called us out of darkness. And he doesn't want us to go back and dwell into the sins of the world. He doesn't want us to go back into the things of the world. But God has separated you. He has separated me. He separated each one of us to him so that his glory would be revealed in you and through you. And as his glory is being revealed, it says here that as his goodness, the glory of God is his goodness that goes before us. His goodness. And so allow God's goodness. Allow him to saturate you with his glory. And the, the greatest thing, he wants to saturate us with his word. His word. He wants to speak his word. And his word is the most powerful tool. His word, it will speak, you know, uh, volumes to each one of us. It will correct us. It will lead us. It will guide us. It will uh, conform us to the more to be like the image of Jesus Christ. And so God wants us to be saturated in his word. And friends, when we don't, um, when we kind of don't get saturated, when we, you know, come away from the word of God, then we begin to, you know, walk away and things, and we wonder why we get into this desert, into a place where, you know, uh, we feel, you know, we don't feel that presence of God because we move away ourselves. We move away ourselves. And so, um, and here God says, I want to show your glory. I want to show his glory. And he said, but I want to show it by his goodness. And as he says, I want to show it by, you know, through my goodness. And so as he says to Moses, he said, you know, as I walk by, as I walk by, you, will, <clears throat> you won't see me. You won't see, you know, you'll see my back. You know, but uh, he said, but as I walk by, he said, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. In the cleft of the rock. Friends, Jesus Christ has put us up on the cleft of the rock, on Jesus Christ. Right now, there are many Ukrainian people. Just last year, a year ago, more than, um, more than a year ago, 
um, as I was ministering in um, the southern part of Ukraine in one of our churches there. And it was one of our church that we had planted um, over 30 years ago. And it was a church with, um, where 400 Jews came to know Jesus Christ within three days. And so um, we, you know, we planted that church and, uh, and that church grew and grew and grew and, and it grew to over 5,000 people. And they established and we helped to plant 22 churches from that one church, from that mother church. And so anyway, as I was ministering in that church over a year ago, I remember the Holy Spirit just spoke and said, you know, to the pastor, he said, you know, I'm going to pluck you out of out of this place and I'm going to take you to another nation. I'm going to take you to another nation. And then the Holy Spirit spoke and said, and I'm going to scatter. I'm going to scatter your sheep. And they're going to be taken, many of them taken to other nations. And God spoke and said, for the glory of God will be seen in them and through them. And I thought, well, wow, you know, I just, I thought God would just take, you know, them on like a short-term, you know, missions. And like Pastor, you know, Milt is, you know, in Pakistan. He's on the way coming home. But anyway, so I thought here, you know, Lord, you know, that's what would happen. Well, little did I realize, you know, then this year when Russia invaded Ukraine and all of a sudden, you know, um, Kherson, the southern part, you know, where this church is, uh, Russia has occupied that city and, and then um, they've, you know, occupied Mariupol and Kharkiv and, you know, the, um, the seaport regions over the, in Ukraine. Well, at the same time, you know, our pastor, he was, you know, being threatened by the, by the um, secret police and, uh, and by Russia. And he was told that his life was going to be, that he was going to be captured, tortured, and killed. And so, um, anyway, so he decided this one day that, you know, he would just flee from, um, flee from Kherson, flee from Ukraine, he and his family. And God literally did a miracle when they were coming across, you know, even the Russian patrol. God literally did a miracle. But just prior to that time, he was, you know, given and distributing food and we would uh, buy food, you know, by truckloads and truckloads in Western Germany and in Poland. And then our trucks of the ministry, they would take them into Ukraine. And as they would take them into Ukraine, into the devastated regions, you know, and so anyway, the pastor in the southern part, he said, you know, he was receiving, uh, you know, some of these goods. And so he was delivering some of the goods to some of his parishioners, you know, that um, people and not just the people in the church, but other people who's, you know, uh, who was devastated, some of them whose homes were, you know, just bombed. And so as he was coming back home, you know, after delivering the goods to the people, he was stopped by a Russian patrol. And this Russian patrol, the, 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 the patrol would take all the people that were, you know, lined up, the cars that were lined up before him, they would, you know, the patrol would take uh, the drivers out. And then the patrol, they killed the driver. Every driver, you know, he, the pastor said, all the line right in front of him. And then it came for his turn. And as the pastor, the uh, patrol, they said, you get out. And so the pastor, he said, instead of fear, he said, he just felt the peace of God. And he said to the patrol, he said, you know, I'm not your enemy. He said, but Satan is your enemy. And he said, Satan has come to kill and to destroy. But he said, but Jesus Christ has come to give you life. 
and that more abundantly. Jesus Christ, he said, he came and he suffered on the cross and he came to give you life. And he said, and God wants to set you free. And that man, he took the submachine gun and he squeezed the trigger and nothing, and the, and the, 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 the gun jammed. The gun, gun jammed and it couldn't, you know, it wouldn't go off, it wouldn't go off. And the other patrol, they said, come on, come on. And he, nothing would happen. And so fine, and that man all of a sudden began to shake, you know, and his hand began to shake and he put it down. He said, get out of here. And the pastor went on. And now God is mighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As it says, let the glory of God, let the glory of God descend upon, you know, with signs following with you know, his goodness. His goodness may be manifest in you and through you. You know, and so God wants, he expects us, you know, when we feel we're weak, when we feel we're, you know, um, in the time of even the trouble, in the time when, you know, um, it seems like things are not going right, but yet God wants us to trust him. In Isaiah 40, 31, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like an eagle with their wings. You know, they shall mount up and they shall run and not be weary. And so here God wants us. He wants us to lift our horizon. Lift our horizon beyond the circumstance that you may be in. Lift our horizon beyond the trouble you may be in. Lift our horizon beyond the trial that you may be in. You know, don't allow the enemy to take you into depression. Don't allow the enemy to take you into discouragement of the things that may be transpiring right before your eyes. But lift your eyes and put it on Christ Jesus. Let Christ, let him put you on the in the cleft of the rock, on the cleft of the rock of the Almighty God. And you know what? Um, God wants to shine. He wants to shine his light through you. And he wants you to be not just, you know, to see the glory, but he wants you to manifest, you know, to let God's glory manifest through you for the goodness of God to others so that they may see Jesus and the power of his resurrection power in you. In Daniel, you know, it talks about the, the glory of God and the fire of God. In Daniel, in uh, chapter 3, it talks, let me just read a few verses here. There were... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they, they saw, I mean, and even Nebuchadnezzar, they saw the glory of God here. They saw the fire of God. Here it says in uh, chapter 3 um, uh, in Daniel, it says, um, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished because uh, it says three these three men Shadrach Meshach and Abednego fell down bound fell down bound unto into the in the midst of the fiery the fiery furnace then the king Nebuchadnezzar he rose in haste and spoke saying to his counselors did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire they answered and said to the king true o king and he said look he answered i see four men Loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of Man. The fourth man is like the Son of Man, like the Son of God. In the midst of the fire... I mean, here, you know, these Chaldeans, they wanted, you know, they just wanted um, to worship 
the you know the idol, the image that Nebuchadnezzar had you know is, uh, you know established. But yet Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego they refused to bow to the world. They refused to bow to the image. They refused to bow to the you know to this you know um, um, image that was made by man because they were only to bow before the Almighty God. And so here they were you know they told the king they said well king you know there's these three men and they are not bowing before your image they're not bowing and so the king got upset he got upset at this and so he made the people to you know cause that fiery furnace to be exceedingly exceedingly hot it was so hot that those men that made it even hotter they were killed because of the heat and they threw them in that fiery furnace bound but as they were walking in that midst of that fire, I mean, they were loose. All the bondages, the things that bound them, they were loosed. And, you know, it's a, a just kind of overwhelmed me a bit. I thought, wow, God, you know, they were thrown bound. And, you know, Satan, he binds with his different deceitfulness, his tactics and his schemes. But yet God says, I have come to set you free. And maybe there are certain things and certain issues in your life that have bound you. And God is saying, I want you to take the, that garment, take that bondage off. And God wants to take that bondage off you. Because he wants to reveal, he wants to reveal his goodness in you. But as you hold on to those issues, as you hold on to those, you know, things that hold you back, then, you know, um, uh, God doesn't want that. He wants you to draw closer, as we were singing, as we draw closer to him, deeper in the things of Christ. He reveals different issues that we need to give up. And surrender to Jesus Christ. And these three men, they were willing to surrender not to the king, not to the king's decree, but they were willing to surrender to the almighty God, where God said, thou shalt not bow before any graven image. They were, they were going to bow only to the almighty God. And as they said, you know, and they said to the king, whether, you know, um, and the king said, is your God, is your God able to deliver you? And they said, whether we will be delivered or not, we will still worship and bow only before the almighty God. And so here as they're walking in the midst of the fire, they're walking freely. And here I can just imagine God walking with them. And I just wonder what God was saying to them. I wonder what God was telling them. I think God was saying, you know, fear not. Fear not. I am with you. He might have been saying, uh, you know, all kinds of encouraging and, you know, blessed things. And yet at, at the same time, you know, the Nebuchadnezzar, he says, I see this fourth man. And this fourth man is like the son of God. He was the son of God. And so he finally says, you know, um, and he calls them out. It's a, and I thought, you know, I read this so many times and he called them out. I thought, well, why didn't they just come out when they were, you know, when they were loose and they were walking? Why didn't they just come out of the fire? You know, but God wanted to reveal his glory. He wanted to reveal his glory in the midst of the fire. In the midst of the fire, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of maybe your battle, God wants to reveal his fire. He wants to reveal his glory, and he'll take you out of it. 
He doesn't promise that you won't go through trials. He doesn't promise that you won't go through, you know, the fire. But he said, I will walk you out of it. I will be with you in the midst of the fire. I'll be with you in the midst of it. In 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, but rejoice when his glory is revealed in you, that you may be glad. Think it not strange and, you know, um, to rejoice. It's hard to rejoice when you're going right in the middle of a battle. And I remember, you know, just not too long ago here in Ukraine, um, the church was on their knees and fasting and praying. And the Russian troops were coming against Kiev. And there was a whole stream, a whole stream of, you know, tanks that were coming against, you know, to come and, you know, take over uh, uh, to Kiev. Well, some of the pastors, they messaged me and they showed me, you know, their prayer that they were, you know, um, they, that they were involved at that time. And they had the congregations and they said, you know, pray. And they were praying all day and they were fasting and praying. They had put three days of fasting and praying of, you know, and not eating anything. And they said, you know, we're just going to fast and pray. And they were fasting and praying. And it was during that time as they were fasting and praying, the church of Jesus Christ, you know, the body of Jesus Christ, as they were fasting and praying, the tanks were coming down, and all of a sudden, there was a lightning that struck, a thunder and lightning that struck those tanks. And the people, you know, some of the people in the tanks, they were able to escape, but most of the tanks were, I mean, the, God's glory, God's fire, his fire lit those tanks up, and God fought the battle. Not the people, but God fought the battle. And the battle belongs to Jesus Christ. But the battle belongs to Jesus, and he is the victor. He's our victor. And, uh, and God, you know, just spoke to them and said, I will be with you in the midst of that fire, in the midst of that fire. And sometimes we have a tendency, you know, to complain when we are going through troubles. I myself have done that. And then the Lord would speak and correct me and said, you know, do you want to, you know, you know, walk around in the wilderness for, you know, quite some time? And, and I said, no, God. And so he says, take away that murmuring, take away that complaining. And so, you know, and so um, God corrects me too. And so, but it's a, a natural thing at times that we just begin to complain and say, you know, oh, you know, this is wrong and this is bad and um, like, you know, the things that are happening in Ukraine. And yet God says, but I want to show my glory in the midst of that fire. I want to reveal my glory in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of the war. God is revealing his glory to his people and through his people. There was a, a sister and, and um, in Hirson and the sister she began to take care of all these little children that were left without the dads. And so she was taking care of these little children. And, um, and the Lord spoke to her. And she was in this one home that was right next to the church. And God spoke and said to her, I want you to take all these children out from this house and go into the church. 
And so she goes into the church, and as she goes into the church, just shortly afterwards, the bomb came and just destroyed that house where she was, you know, with all the little children. And as she was in the, you know, church, she just prayed, and she said, God, I need to, you know, settle, resettle these children. I need to get them in places where, you know, they'll be safe, and I need a shelter for these children. And so as she called upon some of the other Christians, she said, can you take, you know, this child and this child? And there were quite a few of these children, and they were all established in different little homes. And this mother, she had three of her own daughters and um, two, um, uh, two younger ones under 10 and then one that was 13 years of age. And she was staying in this, uh, she was in this one home and um, uh, her old home. And as she was in her old home, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, I want you to go to the cellar immediately. And they had, you know, a little cellar and, um, and all of a sudden she heard the siren go off. And as she heard the siren go off, she told her daughters quickly, you know, go down into the cellar. Well, the stair, the staircase or you know stairway to the cellar was so narrow that only one person at a time could go, and so the two daughters they went and and her teenage daughter, little Lena, you know, she just, she said, mom, I'm going to go behind you. And she said, no. And the mother, she goes, no, daughter, you come before quickly, quickly. And she said, no, mom, you go. And she kind of pushed her mother to go forward, you know, to, and she said, you go. And so she left, you know, she was walking down and all of a sudden she heard the explosion in that house. And as she heard the explosion, she turned around and she saw just, you know, rubble, just rubble, you know, just fall. And she couldn't see her daughter, her, you know, 13-year-old daughter. And she kept saying, Lena, Lena, you know, and she couldn't hear. And she tried and she saw all this rubble and she couldn't get past the rubble. And she told her other two little daughters, you know, uh, stay here. And um, she began to pray and she said, God, please lead me. Lead me to my daughter wherever she's at. And um, she began to, you know, move, remove the rubble and her daughter wasn't there. And so she, you know, kept looking and she kept asking. She said, God, please lead me to my daughter. And she heard a whimper. And as she heard the little whimper, God led her to her daughter, and there was all this rubble, a heap of rubble on top of her, and she removed all the rubble, and when she removed the rubble, there was her daughter. Her daughter didn't have not one broken bone. Nothing was damaged. Nothing was injured in that little body. God sustained her, preserved her in a miraculous way. Friends, in the midst, in the midst of the trial, hallelujah. God says, I want to show my glory. I want to show my goodness. I want to put you on, in the cleft of the rock in Christ Jesus. But God wants us. He wants us to, you know, let the glory of God be revealed through you, through us, for the glory of Jesus Christ, not to elevate a person, but to build build us up in Christ and so that we may show and show the people the power of Jesus Christ, the reality of Jesus Christ, the presence of God that he wants to be, uh, you know, amongst, amongst his people. And so later on, this mother, um, you know, she just, um, she said that she, they didn't have, you know, any water down in that cellar. They had some food, but they didn't have any water. But she said there was a pipe 
uh, that had broken down, broken off, and somehow there was water that was dripping, dripping down. They were in there for quite a few days, and she said they were able to have water from this, you know, broken pipe, whatever, you know, that was, that had come down all the way down to the cellar, you know, the water that would uh, leak down into the cellar. And so God provided even in a way beyond, beyond, you know, what um, we thought, well, God, you know, uh, why did you allow this? But God allows, you know, so that our faith will grow stronger in him, so that our faith is stretched and so that we can rely not on the situation around us, but that we rely on Jesus Christ for just like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't rely on the decree of even the king, but they relied on the decree of Jesus. And they relied on the decree of God. And God wants us to rely on Jesus Christ, on his word. Rely on his word. Rely on what he asks you to do, what he tells you to do. As he, as the Lord spoke, you know, this summer, he said, I want you to go to Ukraine. And I thought, but there's a war going on. And, um, and our teams, they are buying the food. They're taking people out of, you know, Ukraine, many of the refugees, bringing them out. And, um, and others, there's settling them in western Ukraine and I thought you know I don't want to really go right in the on the front lines where there's war and I thought well it's one thing getting Bibles into Russia even under the communist era but it's another thing to be right in the middle of a war and the Lord kept speaking saying I want you to go to Ukraine and finally, I said to my son, and I said to the minister, I said, you know, the Lord's just laid my heart to, to go to Ukraine. Well, there's no airports in Ukraine that is open. So, I mean, uh, there's no way you can fly into Ukraine. So the only way is um, our teams of ministry in Western Ukraine, they came, drove into Poland, and picked me up, and then uh, took us, uh, actually, my son, Jeremy and his wife, Nicole, they came with us. I had just a small little team, you know, and, and so they came with me. And I remember as we were ministering, they would take us, you know, from village to village. And the Lord had laid on our heart and said, you know, um, uh, there's, you know uh, uh, there's a printing press still available in western Ukraine, only one. And so um, we had asked, and our ministry had asked, you know, if we could just get some Bibles printed. And they said, well, um, we could only, you know, they said, well, we'll print 100,000 Bibles, but you have to, you know, put that order, then you would have to pay for it. And so I said, go ahead with it. I said, God is going to supply. God's going to provide. And he did in a miraculous, miraculous way throughout, you know, the year. There have been people that have been given towards the Bibles. And so anyway, we, our ministry was able to print not only 100,000 Bibles, but 130,000 Bibles. And I thank you, thank you for, you know, you have been a part of that. You've participated in that. And it has literally affected, affected thousands upon thousands. And, you know, uh, one of the commanders um, in Ukraine, one of the commanders of the Ukrainian, you know, military there, he came to our ministry in Western Ukraine. He said, can you get Bibles to my 20 regions, to my soldiers in the 20 regions? And so we said, yes, you know, by the grace of God. And so we were, you know, our teams were, you know, distributing the Bibles and they came to this commander and as they came to the commander, they said, well, you know, we want to give you the Bible. You know, you have asked for the Bibles. And he said, no, I don't want the Bible. And they couldn't understand why he was the one 
that specifically asked for the Bibles. He said, you see, there was a team. There was a couple just a few days ago, and they did give me a Bible. And he said, and this is what just happened. He said, just the other day, he, was, uh, he said, I was on the front line. And as I was on the front line, all of a sudden, a Russian sniper started shooting. And this Russian sniper shot at him. And as he shot at him, he thought, uh, you know, he shot, he felt it right, you know, on his chest and his heart. And all of a sudden, he said, but I'm not dead. I'm not dead. And um, he, he had the Bible right underneath his belt, un underneath his um, jacket. And the bullet had gone right through the Bible, but stopped at the end of the Bible. And he said, you know, not only did God save my life, but he said, Jesus Christ saved my soul. And he showed, he showed us that Bible. I said, can I take it with me to show the people? He said, no, this is a testimony. This is, he said, this is my testimony, he said, of God's glory. I said, wow. I said, God, this is truly your glory being manifested, manifested in your people. Your glory being manifested in your people. And so it was, uh, you know, God just shows his goodness. His goodness, it says, will pass by. His goodness he wants to reveal in you. And, um, you know, as we were ministering in this one village, and all of a sudden the sirens went out. The sirens started going in, and um, I, I just told the people, our team, I said, just don't take me, you know, to the front lines, but, you know, keep me kind of more towards the western, you know, region where, you know, the war isn't, you know, going on. Well, I don't, they just took me village to village to village, so I didn't know exactly where we were, just I knew that, you know, I was just, you know, we were just going with them. Well, in this one particular village, as we're ministering, we, there were children and adults in, in this, you know, field. And it was just packed out with, you know, people. There were, um, I, I don't, it was just hundreds and hundreds of these people just in the, you know, in the field. And just listening. And um, we were, you know, sharing the word of God. And all of a sudden, the siren goes off. And as the siren goes off, and you can hear, and my daughter-in-law, she goes, uh, Sarah, I thought you said you're not going to take us, you know, to the front lines. And she said, here, you know, I, we hear the sirens. And my son, Jeremy, he goes, Mom, you said that you wouldn't take us to the front lines. I said, well, I don't think we're in the front lines, you know. I found out we were 40 miles away from the Russian border. So we were close. And that day, there were seven missiles, seven rockets, actually, that flew over us. And not one of them, not one of them detonated. And um, the, it was that week that the Americans had sent whatever the thing is to diffuse Hemis or whatever you call them, that diffuses the, the you know, the rockets, the missiles. Anyway, that happened that particular day. And that night, I remember the, um, the brother that had taken us, and he goes, oh, hear the news, what happened? And I said, no. He said, well, those seven rockets, the Russians were so upset that they lost seven of their missiles, and they lost $91 million in, you know, the value, you know, of those missiles. And um, the, the brother, the director, he said, but God, God, it wasn't just the, you know, the American weapons, but God. 
But God wanted to show. He wanted to show his goodness. He wanted to show his glory in the midst, in the midst where the enemy tries to steal, to, you know, to destroy. But yet God says, I want to show. I want to show your glory in the midst of the, you know, of the darkness, in the midst of it. And so God wants to reveal it to, to us, especially in times of, you know, um, when it seems like all is dark. I'll never forget the one time uh, years ago, as we were, you know, taking Bibles into Russia, and as we were taking Bibles into Russia, I remember I was five months pregnant, and Richard was, um, you know, uh, taken by the guards, and I was told to continue on in, you know, the journey in Russia. Well, in those years, you had to apply, you know, we applied for the visa, and they would only assign you to certain tourist cities. You couldn't just go whatever city you wanted to, but they assigned the city that, you know, and put it on the visa. They assigned the city and then the hotel that you had to stay in. And so anyway, here Richard, you know, they took him away and um, and they said, you continue on. Well, I came into this one city that, you know, we were assigned to. And as I was, you know, um, in the hotel, I left the hotel and, and I said, God, both Richard and I, we would wait and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to our, you know, to our believers, to lead us to our people that, you know, who needed the word of God, who needed to be, you know, to minister to. And here Richard was taken and I thought, God, I don't understand why, you know, this is happening. And the Lord said, I want to reveal, I want to reveal my power through you. Do not rely on your own understanding. Do not rely on your own wisdom, but rely on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And as the peace of God just came on my heart, I remember I said, okay, God, then lead me, lead me to your believers. And so as I was walking outside, I remember these two young ladies, they came and they began to, you know, they touched me on the shoulder and they said, Sister Sarah, and I had never met them before. And one was 16 years of age, and the other young lady was 17 years of age, Lily and Nadia. And as they said, you know, God spoke to us to come here at, on this street at this time because God showed us your face and said that, you were, that they were to come and, uh, and take me to this underground services. And so they led me from, you know, to the unregistered service. And so as we were ministering, as we were sharing, uh, I mean, we were worshiping the Lord and praising and singing. And, and then the pastor or the leader, the pastor of that congregation or that fellowship, he said, now, Sister Sarah, I want you to just share the word. I said, but I'm not the preacher. My husband is the preacher. And they said, but you have the word of God in you know the free world so you speak the word they said you just read or you just speak you know scripture and so I began to just speak the scripture you know and uh, and the Holy Spirit literally brought scripture after scripture after scripture into my heart and into my memory and and finally you know it was a long time we finished then and then the sisters you know they took me back to the hotel and they stopped about a block before the hotel um, so that, you know, if in case, you know, they would be followed, you know, so that they would not, you know, give, you know, be under suspicion. So anyway, so they dropped me off, a, you know, a block away and, and they left. And I came into the hotel room and, um, and I was just exhausted. It was, it was literally after midnight. And so as I came into the hotel room, uh, you know, and I just, you know, went into the bed and all of a sudden the phone rang. 
Well, in Russia, under that, you know, under communism in, those, in that era, the Christians did not have telephones. And so there was no way, you know, that, you know, the Christian would have called me. And so I knew that the, you know, the elite people and the Communist Party members, they had the telephones. And, and then I also thought, okay, Richard also, wherever he's at, maybe they have given the telephone to him and he's calling me to, find, you know, to let me know that, you know, that he's alive. And so, you know, I thought, this must be Richard. This, you know, in, in my heart, I thought, this has got to be Richard. And all of a sudden, you know, as I open, answer the phone, I was just answering it, you know, gladly. And I had this joy in my heart, thinking that this was going to be Richard. And the man, he said, oh, I'm so glad you're in such a jovial spirit. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was, you know, somebody else. I thought, and they said, yes, you thought it was your husband. I said, yes, I did. I thought it was my husband. And they said, well, he's under our government's, you know, control. And um, they said, but we have the access to any room that we want to, and we're going to come into your room, and we're going to, you know, and they talked about some brutal things that they were going to do. And then they said, and after we're finished, we will kill you. I said, but I'm pregnant. And I said, please, have mercy, have mercy. And they began to laugh and to ridicule and to scoff. And I said, oh, but my God, my God, he will deliver me. And then I said, but even if he doesn't, I will, I'm still in his hands. And my God is faithful. And then all of a sudden, I heard the knocking on the door. And as I heard the knocking on the door, the two men, they were knocking and they said, let us in. And if you don't open the door, then we'll do even worse than what we have told you on the phone. And I just, um, all of a sudden, just fear gripped my heart. And as that fear gripped my heart, I thought, God, I'm alone here without my husband. And the Lord spoke and said, you're not alone. And God said, I'm with you in the midst of your fire, in the midst of your trouble. I'm right here with you. And all of a sudden, I just felt the prayers of God's people. I knew that people were praying on my behalf. I felt the prayers of God's people. And I said, God, I know that somebody is touching the throne of heaven. Somebody is touching the throne of heaven on my behalf. And I, I just took the sheets and I, you know, covered myself up as if they're going to, you know, protect me, you know. And I fell asleep. Well, in the natural I would have never fallen asleep knowing what those men were going to do. But in the supernatural strength of God, God just, you know, put me to sleep. And I slept like a baby. And about 6 in the morning, I woke up. <coughs> and as I woke up, I looked at myself and I thought, oh, I'm all okay. I'm still pregnant. <laughs> I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And um, as I, you know, woke up and I went, I got dressed and went downstairs and I saw downstairs this woman and her clothes were all, you know, torn. Her blouse was all ripped, you know, I mean, to pieces. And, um, and I came to her and I said, and she was crying. I said, you know, I just want to, can I just pray for you? And she said, you don't know what happened, do you? I said, no, I don't. She said, these two men came last night. 
They said that they couldn't get into this one room to, you know, to this other lady's room. And I don't, she said, I don't know who that other lady was. And I didn't want to tell them that it was me, that I should have been the victim. And the men, they said that door was shut and they couldn't get it opened. And they had the key. And yet that door would not open up. And so they finally, after struggle and struggle, after, you know, all the struggle, they finally, you know, left and they came into her room and opened her door and, and, they, and they raped her. And they did brutal, brutal things to her. And she said, I just, um, she said, I'm in a lot of pain. And she said, um, the things that they've done, she said, I'm in agony. And so I just laid my hands on her and I said, can I just pray for you? I said, you know, even though it's hard to do, but I said, if you just forgive, forgive those men that have done such atrocities to you. If you just forgive them, I said, God will heal. He wants to heal those wounds. He wants to heal those scars. He wants to heal that which has offended you, that has hurt you, that has just, you know, done this, those that have done this awful thing to you. And she said, well, how can I do this? I said, if you just surrender your heart to Jesus Christ. I said, Jesus Christ, he suffered a far greater sacrifice, a far greater sacrifice that he paid for our sins. I said, Jesus, he died on the cross and he shed his blood and he rose again on the third day. And I said, and Jesus is real. He's alive. He is the son of God and he wants to give you eternal life. And she began to cry and she said, please, I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. And as she prayed and asked Christ to come into her heart, into her life. I mean, the, her whole countenance, her whole countenance changed within moments, within moments. And she said, I've never felt, I've never felt the power of God in my life. And God had set her free where there was pain, where there was agony, where there was, you know, not just physical pain. She said, I don't feel any pain anymore. And so God is an awesome God in the midst of the fire, in the midst of that, you know, God wants to bring forth his fire. He wants to manifest his glory. He wants to manifest his goodness in and through you. He wants to manifest in the middle, in the midst where you think, well, it's impossible. In the midst of the battle, God wants to, you know, show you that he is the victor. He's the victor, not you, but that Jesus Christ is the victor in the middle, in the middle of your trial, in the middle maybe of your struggle. God wants to manifest his glory in you and through you. And as, you know, later on, I saw later on these two young, those two young sisters, and they're walking just outside, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, wow, I wonder why they're up so early. And so I went outside, and, and I said, you know, Nadia, Lily, how come you're up here so early? And they said, you know, after we left you, after we dropped you off, they said, we came home. And the Holy Spirit spoke and said, pray and intercede for Sarah, for she's facing a life and death situation. And they said they had, they had been praying all night long. They said they were praying, and they knew. They knew. They said, what happened? And I just told them, you know, briefly what had happened. And they said, it's no wonder. It's no wonder God compelled us, compelled us to pray and intercede on your behalf. Friends, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up 
like an eagle. Friends, as we wait on the Lord, there are times we need to just wait on the Lord and, you know, just get ourselves in, you know, um, in, in the presence of God, in the presence of God, saturate, saturate ourselves in his, uh, in his presence. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so God wants us to just, he wants his presence to be, you know, and his glory to be manifested in each one of us. And this war in Ukraine, although we think, well, it's, you know, it's atrocities and it's treacherous. But in the same time, God has taken a lot of these Ukrainian people from that, especially from that one church. And he has literally shipped them to different nations. And God is bringing fire Fire of God in the churches, in the places that, I mean, different nations that they've been taken. In Scandinavia, into England, into Ireland, into Poland, into Romania, into these different nations that these, you know, Ukrainians were, you know, that had, you know, left, you know, Ukraine and gone to these places. And the pastor, he's also out of Ukraine and he's in uh, British Columbia and he is doing sermons and the sermons are, are being broadcasted into different nations to the Ukrainian people and to other nations, uh, other nationalities. And so what God has spoken, maybe, you know, the things that he might have spoken to you and you said, well, I just haven't, you know, seen the fulfillment of that word that he has given me. Friends, God's timing, God's timing is perfect. And so he wants us to, you know, just um, uh, not to give up, not to give up in the midst of maybe even that war, not to give up, but to stand firm because God wants to place you not, you know, when everything else seems to be shaken around you. There might have been things shaken in your family. There might have been things shaken in, you know, in your circumstances, in your, you know, the atmosphere that you might be around. But there may be things shaken, in, you know, with your relatives, shaken maybe in your, with your job, shaken maybe with certain things. But yet the thing that is not shaken is Jesus Christ. And God wants us and he wants to place you. He wants to place you on the rock Christ Jesus. Jesus. He is unshakable. He is unshakable. He is steadfast. And he wants us to press in, to press in and not give up. Press in and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Let your glory be revealed in and through me for your glory, for the salvation of others, for the salvation of others, for the ministry to minister to others so that others would come to know, that others would come to know Christ in his fullness, to know Christ in his majesty, to find Christ in his goodness. And so this very morning, God is speaking to your heart too. And there are certain issues that he's saying, I want you to give up this thing. Surrender that issue that is maybe that has bound you, that has held you back. And Jesus is saying, can you just surrender that to him? Can you surrender that to him? God wants to have you walk with, you know, in freedom. He wants freedom in your life. Just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Yes, they were bound, but you know what? Not even a hair was singed in the midst of that fire. In the midst of that fiery, bur you know, that burning fiery, you know, furnace. In the midst of that heat. Yet, you may be in the midst of a heat. But yet, the Bible says, you know, just like they weren't even singed. And they didn't even smell with smoke. 
Can you imagine being in the middle of the furnace, in the midst of the furnace, and yet, you know, all the smoke and everything else and the fire, and not even to smell, have the smell of the smoke. But God says, I want to show that glory. He wants to show that glory in you and through you. It's, he's not a God of just, you know, a God of miracles in the past. He's not a God of miracles just to, you know, in Daniel's time or Moses' time. He's not a God in the past, but he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He delights and he wants to do miracles in your life. He desires to reveal himself in a greater measure in and through you. He delights to work in and through you. He wants you to be that vessel, that vessel that goes forth, not in, in intimidation, not in just, you know, just, you know, uh, in fear. And right now there's so much fear that the enemy has placed on the people. There's so much hopelessness amongst the people. And God says, I want to give you my hope. God says, I have my hope in Christ Jesus and his hope, not to put the hope on the circumstances, but Jesus said, Put the hope in Christ Jesus. And the people in Ukraine, they said, you know, where we were hopeless, where we were hopeless, there are literally thousands of Ukrainian people coming to know Jesus Christ. Thousands of them. And they have been begging. And the one thing they said, we don't just want food. We don't want the food. We want the word of God. And so, friends, I encourage you, press in. Press in and believe God for greater things to be done in and through your life. Press in and also press in in prayer for our Ukrainian people and our Russian people. Because, friends, they are also going through a lot of the turmoil, too. And so I ask that you would just pray for the church there. Um, we just, this, this week, I received a message from some of our, uh, well, our director of mission in western Ukraine. And he says, Sister Sarah, there's, you know, um, 70 villages where we have missionaries from, you know, western Ukraine. And these villages, the Russian government, they cut off their gas and they cut off their electricity. And he said, you know, we, uh, we want to, and they are making these wood stoves. And so they are, um, they're also trying to get wood for each one of these, you know, places. And they said one truckload of wood uh, would be, you know, a supply of, for three months. And they said, we, you know, their heart's desire. They said, please help us to get, you know, this wood to these, you know, especially these missionaries in these villages, but for the other people too. So, because winter has also set in and it gets very, very cold. It gets, you know, below zero there. So it's not a warm climate at all. And so um, they said, you know, if you could help us to, you know, get and obtain and to, to buy, you know, wood for these villages, for these families and these missionaries especially, they said, you know, if um, that would be a blessing to them. So I just ask that you would pray with us that God will just, you know, meet their needs, meet their needs, especially in this time of their crisis. And um, just as God has met you know, their needs in many different ways in providing and, you know, just uh, protecting many of these Ukrainian people. I mean, God has literally shown his grace. God has shown his goodness. He's shown his mercy upon them. And I just want to share the last thing, you know, that mother with the three children, um, God spoke to her and said, I want you to leave Kherson. I want you to leave this, you know, 
territory, even though it's surrounded, you know, it was surrounded by the Russian military. And so God said, but I want you to leave. And so as she began to, you know, take her three daughters, they were, you know, walking away. And as they were walking, they were, they knew that there was, you know, the Russian troops, there were the Russian patrol. And as they were coming, they said, well, God, you told us, you told us. And it was a clear word that God spoke to her heart. And she said, God, no matter what happens, I'm willing, I'm willing to do whatever you, you know, whatever it takes. And so as she's walking down, she said, all of a sudden she felt the fire of God burn in her heart. She felt the fire of God burn in her spirit. And she felt the fire of God. And the daughters, they said, Mom, we just feel a heavy presence of God in the midst of us. We feel this heavy presence with us. And her daughter, her older daughter, she said, Mom, I don't know what it is, but I feel Jesus is walking right with us. And as they finally came to the troop, you know, to the patrol, and the patrolmen, they said, oh, where's that fourth, where's that uh, man that was walking with you? They said, where is that, you know, person? And they said, there was no man. They said, no, there was a man we saw in our binoculars. We saw this, and all the troops, they said, we saw this, for, this person, this man that was walking with you. And he was walking in the midst be, in between you guys. And they said, where is that man? And she said, uh, that, that man was Christ Jesus. And she began to share about the glory, about the presence, and the power, and the reality of Jesus Christ. And as she shared about the power of Jesus Christ, they all just shook their heads, and they let her go through. And she came out, and it took her five days of walking, you know, from her little territory all the way to Poland, and she's in Poland today with her children. Friends, that fourth man in the, in the fire... That fourth man in the fire, the son of God, he is walking and he wants to be right in the midst of your fire. He says, I will be with you in the middle, in the middle of that fire and I will walk you through it so that the glory of God may be revealed in you and through you. Hallelujah. As every head is bowed. Hallelujah. Maybe there's somebody here. And you might have heard all about the Lord. You might have heard all about Jesus. And yet, you have not come into a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe as Mitch comes and just plays that song in the presence. And maybe you have been one. Maybe you're one that has walked away. That the enemy has, you know, took you away from that fellowship with Jesus Christ. And maybe today you're saying in your heart, could it be that in the midst of my struggle and my battle, could Jesus, could Jesus come and reveal himself in his power and his glory in my life? And if you are one that has not surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. Jesus is knocking on your door. You see, Jesus not only died and rose again, but he's coming back again for his redeemed. He's coming back for his bride, for those that he's redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
and his coming is very soon. We see signs all around us of his coming so soon. And friends, Jesus is saying today is the day of salvation. Today is the day he wants you to surrender all to him. He wants you to surrender your life unto Jesus Christ. And if there's somebody here and you say, Jesus, I want to come into that relationship with you. I want to walk with you. I might have walked away from you, but today, draw me close to you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to pour his love onto you. He wants to show his goodness to you. And if you are that one, if you just raise your hand to before God, I'd like to pray for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And Jesus, I just ask you right now, you've seen these hands, Lord, and I ask you that they come into such a relationship, such a close, close, close surrender unto you, a close fellowship with you. Jesus, I ask that you would just reveal yourself. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just come upon them and let them know that you love them. You love them unconditionally. And Jesus, the blood that you shed on Calvary was to redeem us, to wash every one of our sins, to take away every stain, to take away all our failures. I thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. And right now, Jesus, I ask that you would just cause, cause your people to arise, cause your people to arise in their spirit with you, God. Cause, Jesus, let the presence of the Holy Spirit just come manifest, manifest in such an overwhelming way in each one of their lives. Father God, I just ask, I ask you, God, for a holy boldness to come upon your people. Take away every fear. Take away maybe those that might be in depression. I ask for your healing, your healing upon that individual, God, in the name of Jesus. Remove, remove that oppression. Remove that depression in Jesus' name. And remove that fear, that fear that has tormented this person that fear and anxieties that grip this person in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would remove that fear. For Father God, your word says you have not given us a spirit of fear. Fear has a spirit. The enemy, the enemy deceives and lies and puts that fear to destroy, to kill. But Jesus, you said you have not given us that spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And Jesus, I ask that you would destroy that fear. You would remove that fear in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I ask that you would cause your confidence and assurance to flood into these people. In the name of Jesus, let faith arise. Let faith arise and let them know. Let them know that you have some greater things to do in their lives, greater things in their homes. Father God, homes that have been distraught, that are dysfunctional, 
Even now, I ask you, God, that you would just cause, you would bring forth, you would bring forth your peace, you would bring forth your unity, you would bring forth a transformation, cause a transformation by the power of Jesus Christ. Let there be a transformation by the blood of Jesus Christ upon those that are wayward, those that are not serving you, those in the families that are, that are, uh, that are striving, where there's strife that are causing a lot of strife in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would bring forth, you would bring forth unity. You would bring forth, let the love, let the love of God come and permeate in the midst, in the midst of all these anxieties, in the midst of these discouragements in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would lift every discouraging heart. You would lift the discouraging heart and let them know that Father God, they've got so much to be thankful to you. Father God, that you are a faithful God. Jesus, you said in your word, you will never leave us nor forsake us. And you have not forsaken. You have not forsaken your people. But you have called them for such a time as this to be the light in the midst of darkness, to be the light shining in the midst of the darkness. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you, Father God, that you would just remove, remove the doubt in some of the people, even now, right now. Jesus, remove that doubt and allow, allow your faith to grow in them. Allow your faith to arise in their spirit. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would just build them, build them up in you. And let them know that, Father God, you have and you desire. And you're going to allow your glory to come upon them. Your glory upon the families. The glory of God to rest upon them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. I ask you, Father God that you would bless each one of these people. You would use them and let us go forth rejoicing in our heart. Let us go forth with a thankful heart, with a grateful heart for your goodness, for your mercy that is forevermore. And Jesus, I ask that you would also, there are those that need a touch from you a touch from you in their physical body. And I ask you, Father God, right now, the stripes that you bore upon your back, they were for all of our diseases. They were for all of our infirmities. And I ask you right now, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, let healing, let healing flow to those that are in need, God. Jesus, I just ask, I come against the stomach disorder. And I ask you right now that your healing power would flow, would flow through that sister even now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you would touch this brother as well. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would heal. You would heal this nervous disorder in the name of Jesus. That which has affected, affected his brain. I ask that your healing power would flow through him. It would flow through him even now. In the name of Jesus, Father God, I come against, I come against the disease. I come against this meningitis that's upon this one individual in Jesus' name. Heal that back. 
heal, cause that meningitis to be totally gone in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask for your healing virtue, for the balm of Gilead to flow, to flow even now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, where there's, where there's neuropathy in these feet, God, I ask you would heal. You would heal that individual in the name of Jesus. Let the, let the feeling come back. Let Father God wholesome, wholeness. Let there be a wholeness. You create. You create wholeness in this person in the name of Jesus. God, I just come against the attacks of the enemy. I come against the attacks of the enemy in the name of Jesus. I ask that you would heal. You would heal for your glory. And Jesus, I ask that they would be a testimony to the grace and the miracle work and power of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for your goodness to us. And I ask you, God, that you would just go with us this day. May your presence go with us and bring us back to the house of God tonight, God. I just ask that you would just be with us throughout the day, throughout the night. Thank you, Jesus, that you have called us. You have called us. You have separated your people. You have separated us to be your vessel and let your glory be manifested in us and through us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. joining us today we look forward to connecting with you next time and don't forget you can support us by giving through the church center app or by going online at summitwc.com give